It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. I don't care if it's January 2nd. I'm still playing that until at least next week. <laughs> Annabelle only comes out once a year. We have to cherish it. <laughs> That's right. We have to cherish every single moment of Annabelle. But anyway, <laughs> welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of your hosts. And to my right is the man who uh, had that bad snap that cost Alabama the game yesterday in the national championship semifinal, Dustin Henry. Dustin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's been reporters camped outside my house. I think Paul (laughs) Feinbaum probably has some words for me. You know. uh, He wants to fight you. I hear he wants to fight you. (laughs) (laughs) As, As a result of that, to quote one great, Frank Costanza, played wonderfully by Jerry Stiller. I worked out with a dumbbell today. I feel vigorous. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you, sir? How was New Year's? Well, I'm well, wearing and ready to go. <laughs> well, you well, you were telling me in the green room before we went on that you did work out today. You had the first workout of the 2024, and you were yes. you're, you're feeling it. So yeah, yeah. no need for bitter coffee, but that's okay. No, no. I'm good. I'm 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 hoping I'm not fighting off something. Um my my sister unfortunately is not feeling great. I'm hoping that Oh man. I, I'm I'm trying to fight off something my I think I'm, I'm going to try to fight off something myself because I on Friday I'm going to New Jersey uh to watch the New Jersey Devils play the Chicago Blackhawks and I don't want to be sick the entire time. So No, I don't blame you I'm, for that. I would like so I'm down in all I'm down on down emergency taking Mucinex taking Mucinex taking you know whatever whatever measure necessary to try to get whatever is out of me hopefully it's just hopefully it's just the weather that's affecting yeah. my sinuses but I I don't want to be I don't want to tell my buddy on, on Friday on Friday morning can't go oh man <laughs> that yeah that would suck but no uh, things are good you know I 
uh, yesterday for New Year's. I visited my mom. She's doing great. She's doing. She's improving nice. where she is. Uh, how was your New Year's, man? Oh, New Year's was low key. It ended up just being my sister, my brother-in-law, and me. Um, mm -hmm. Some other people were supposed to come, but they could not make it. So it was the three of us, and uh, we made you know like some prime rib type stuff, mashed potatoes. I brought over some homemade bread. We got after it. We just snacked and watched the Lord of the Rings, uh, two of the three movies. And then watched the ball drop, and that was it. My sister and I made some uh, fancy cocktails. Brother, brother-in-law doesn't drink, but uh, she and I do okay. very much so, as you've witnessed. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and so we made some cocktails, had some wine, and that was it. Very low-key start awesome. to 2024. Yeah, you always need a low-key start. You know, I, I did the same thing. Went to my brother's house uh, up in Malta. Uh, Wanted to be in good shape, good enough shape for the beginning of the new year. So I yeah, wanted to get the, get the ground running yesterday. Got my first workout of the year it was great, and you know, I got my first work day back. And that's I think that's the most second depressing feature about the holiday is that it's, oh, yeah. first it's Christmas. The day after Christmas is pretty depressing. The day after yes. New Year's is also pretty depressing. Can go back to work. Yes. And, Ugh. Yes, for sure. Because then you're just settling in for like that long winter, you know, just the yep. and and you have to go back to work now. Now, my work is not off as long as some people's are, but it mm. still is. You're not working a full week, you know, and especially right. with the way I structure things, I don't work a full week from Thanksgiving on. I usually have time mm -hmm. to burn at the end of the year. So I'm just, but then you're, you're saddling in. You're like, Oh, I got to work a full week after this. And you know, for me, my first day off, unless I put in for one is not until Memorial day. So I always saddle in and I'm like, well, this is it, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. So. Yep. So we're going to get to week 17. We're going to recap week 17 in just a moment. But before we do that, I just want to remind you about our social media channels right down here below. Twitter, Instagram, and the now infrequently used TikTok. It's at NoCredsREQ. Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. And starting this week, you can also find our content the next day. Uh, since we're streaming live on Tuesdays, we're going to have a replay available on our Rumble channel on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Eastern. And... The show will also be on replay on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel the next day as well. So the Wednesday show, the Tuesday or Wednesday show, depending on where we go on during the week, will be available the next day on Saturdays. And don't forget, Saturday, we have our first Saturday brunch of 2024. We'll be making it the, on the regular. So yes. in the meantime, before we, but in the meantime, like, comment, share, and subscribe all of our social media channels down here below on the podcast side if you're listening on the podcast side thank you very much you can subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms including apple podcast spotify spreaker google play wherever you podcast rate and review five stars is the number of stars you should rate also review it if you're on a platform where you can review it we'll read your review on the air and because this is a live show we want you to engage with us we want your comments and dustin the first time we're going to hit it in 2024. Here it is. And we already have some comments in the comments section from Sapna. Sports ball! The obligatory sports ball. 
<laughs> exclamation uh, and pink waving. I don't know what that means. I think it's an emoji of some sort. Yes. I believe it's a pink welcome hand the, waving. <laughs> yes, yeah, a pink hand waving. And yeah. welcome to Stain joining us uh, from Parts Unknown, Weight Unknown, uh, our, his first appearance in the comment section for 2024. Happy New Year, Wonko. Hope you had a great had a great one. Yeah. Happy New Year. And now it's officially 2024. Now that Wonko has made a comment, welcome, Wonko. I feel like we can start the year now. It's like the That's start right. of the league year in the NFL. <laughs> Just don't throw your Achilles four plays in. Yeah, quarterback did this year. Oh man, God, J E T S. Just end this. Just end the season rather mercifully. All right, so we're gonna talk about week seventeen in this particular episode. On this particular recording, we're gonna talk about week seventeen in the NFL. We're gonna save the week eighteen stuff until until Saturday because we figure it's just because it'll be Saturday games this weekend again for week eighteen. We're gonna save the week eighteen stuff. Until Saturday, so this will be a much more abridged show tonight, and and going forward too, we I, I think. But we're gonna talk about the we're first talk about the biggest upset in the NFL this week, Dustin. I looked at the show rundown. I have a feeling we're gonna stay on this particular upset for a while. But what was your biggest upset of the week? Well, again, I usually don't like it when we pick the same game, but to me, there was one obvious candidate this week. And full disclosure, I watched some football, but not as much as I normally would. This is what happens during the holiday season. But Eagles losing to the Arizona Cardinals is without a question the biggest upset of the week, especially with the way it happened, which we will get into. But hats off to Jonathan Gannon going in there. There was rumors that he did not leave Philadelphia on the best terms. And uh, some, of his, some of his moves throughout that game would indicate that, yes, there is some fire to that smoke. <laughs> because, yeah. He really had a couple of moves where it's like, ooh, that takes some brass ones, buddy. But it all paid off for Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals as they go into Philly and shock the Eagles. And the Eagles, they're in a bit of a free fall right now. This this is uh, concerning for this squad right here, I'm going to say. And, um, yeah, I mean – for me, the way that they lost the game, which I'll let you get into some of the details. I know you have a lot to say, but to me, the key thing watching this game, what really killed Philadelphia was their inability to stop the run. James Conner ran yeah. like a man possessed out there, you know, and it seemed like every every single time they needed a big a big conversion on the ground he got it for him uh former jet i'm sure much to your dismay michael carter looked very good in that game as well the Should've eagles never could not stop waved him yeah. never yeah. waved him because today guess what happened yes. today the jets they waved, waved dalvin cook. cook yeah yeah come on Who, he, he came out and then threw in my opinion some major shade at the jets because he said my body's ready and raring to go i just want an opportunity and i'm like oh man that was in an interview before he was let go by the jets and he was already return referring to his jets tenure in the past tense but anyway michael carter looked very very good i believe he chipped in for 75 yards rushing on the ground. Also, Kyler Murray um, 
you know, was was good in the short burst that he rushed for. The Cardinals gashed the Eagles on the ground for, I believe, a total of 221 total yards, and that spelled disaster for the Eagles. Their run defense really let them down in this game. Um, but with that, I cede the floor to you, sir. That's the biggest upset to me, and I have a feeling you agree with me. I actually, I actually, uh, I actually do. And I was, uh, I, w- I was thinking about this game. I was at the, uh, my local watering hole establishment, the factory, shout out to the factory, uh, shout out to Heidi and Amy and the rest of the staff there. Uh, I gotta get there. Whatever. I gotta get there. Yeah, man. Come on up. Come on up. Yeah, man. definitely. Time. It's a great time. It's a great time. They'll, they'll give you a big old mug of beer that I usually get. I'm part of the mug club. It's 25, you get a 25 ounce mug of beer for the same price you would get for a punt. It's awesome. Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. And I think it's 50 bucks to join. And after you hit, after you hit a certain amount of beers that you order, they'll get it engraved for you with your number and your, uh, and, uh, and, uh, something, something to, uh, something, something with words. Um, <laughs> nice. I'll have to Uber there. Cause I'll be smashed after a couple 25 ounces. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my house is up the hill. You can just stay at my house. Yeah. I understand you won't mind, and I'm pretty sure yeah. Pentalong wouldn't mind either. <laughs> but yeah, I was at the I was at the uh, I was at the local watering hole uh, down the street from where I live. Up, yeah, down the street from where I live, and they got all the games. They got they get the NFL, the 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 ticket pack. They get the season ticket package, and they have to, they get all the game most of the games playing for some reason they they still have it in their contract they they don't that you don't get the local Fox station which is something between between DirecTV and Fox it's a whole stupid thing oh jeez anyway they got all the game most of the games on and on one TV you got Buffalo New England another TV you got Baltimore spanking Miami oh, oh, and man. a TV just and a TV right just above me, about to my right, key cord to my right, is Cardinals Eagles. I'm thinking to myself, all right, this is going to be in any in an alternate universe. This game's this game's a blowout. Yeah, if it's yeah, if it's the Eagles of September and October, and then to a certain extent November, this game's an absolute absolute destruction. Absolute, absolutely positively, it, it's it's a blowout. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan Gannon didn't arrive in Philadelphia to take the automatic L to his former boss, Nick Sirianni. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> he was there to reach for that brass ring and take that W back to the Valley of the Sun. And when the Cardinals fell behind, twenty-one to six, after that pick six that went ninety-nine yards, and with Kyler Murray throwing it into no man's land, getting picked off by a free safety and returned ninety-nine yards the other way. Yeah, the Eagles going up twenty-one to six. And having an 94 percent chance of winning the game, would the Cardinals lay down and die? Nah, they kept plugging away. They kept plugging away. They had two long touchdown drives in the third quarter, along with a two point conversion yes. that wind up tying the game at 21 after the third quarter. And the Eagles go ahead. Cardinals respond. Eagles go ahead again. And. Looking at the score line, you figured, all right, it's 21 6 at halftime. This game's over. Might as well go home. Might as well pack it in. Now, 29 second half points by the Cardinals, surrendered by the Eagles, which, again, 
September and October into a little bit in November, this would not happen. Yeah. This would not happen. And I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. Uh, I know my buddy, uh, our friend of the show, Jared, uh, from Corner Booth. Corner He's a big Booth, Eagles yeah. fan. He, uh, my buddy, Cool McCain, uh, who runs play, uh, who runs the Play Callers Network. He's he's been in a bad mood for the last month because <laughs> this was this was four losses out of five games for the Eagles in December. Yeah, and this was a team that I I think I picked the Super Bowl back in August or September mm-hmm. when we had our pre our preseason preview. I think you also had the Eagles in the in the in the in the Super Bowl. If I'm not, if I don't remember. I think so. I, if I remember correct. I think you had Eagles Bills and I had. I had uh, Eagles Chiefs part deux. But something's going on with this Eagles team. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if the t- if the if the players are just tired. I don't know if it's just if it's injuries are starting to pile up. Something's going with, the, with this Eagles team. They were yeah. they had the le- they had the league leading rushing defense. They allowed the least amount of yards, if I remember correctly, up until I think the last month. They surrendered over two hundred yards on the ground. As yes. you mentioned, unheard of, unheard of. And the Cardinals—they don't have a whole lot to play for except for draft position. What, what were they? Three and three and twelve coming into this game. Yes, and, I think so. And that it, it's nothing to play for. I think I think it was just an evaluation period with Jonathan Gannon figuring out who their quarterback is. If Kyler Murray is the guy. Mm-hmm. I think Kyler Murray's the guy, and I and I yeah. bust on him. I we bust on him notoriously, whether it's here on those credentials required, whether it's on when I'm when I'm on Snowman in the morning. We talk yeah. about Kyler Murray playing, being more concerned about playing video games, playing Call of Duty, than studying the playbook. But I think a lot of that had to do with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury and his coaching mm-hmm. style. Yeah, Kyler Murray looks re-energized and refocused. With John McGinnon as his head coach, he does, and you know what? In this game, and they and they have they have a number one running back in James Conner, and they have Mm -hmm. and they have some pieces. And no disrespect to any of the receivers on the Cardinals. I mean, the tight end has exploded. Trey McBride, he has become a reliable um, target for one Kyler Murray, but they don't have like a traditional number one receiver. Although I will say Hollywood Brown is better than a lot of people give him credit for, but you had receivers making plays for him yesterday. Greg Dortch was making, or uh, on on, uh, Sunday, rather Greg Dortch was making plays. They, another another they, former Jets cut. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I think a very small part of this also had to do with the fact that Jonathan Gannon probably knew um, the Eagles system pretty well. He knew yeah. He knew a little bit what to expect. He could scheme to it a little bit. But a lot of it is what's going on with the Eagles right now. They just don't look crisp. Uh, apparently the NFC West is a bugaboo for them. They lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Niners and they lost to my Seahawks on a, on, and that, on that thrilling Monday night game. But uh, this team just doesn't look, it doesn't look the same. They, they started out the season great and everybody was thinking, okay, the Eagles are going to, the Eagles are really going to get it going here. But even after this game, AJ Brown, you know, he was asked about it and he said, what is there to say? 
on the one on the one point, I I I understand it. It's after the game. You just took a loss. You didn't expect. It's in the heat of the moment, and somebody shoves a microphone in your face. But also read their body language on the sidelines. The Eagles they don't look good right now. This is uh, something. Something's going on. Something there, there's trouble in Denmark, as 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 they would say. And how about? You got to give it to Jonathan Gannon because I can't remember if it was after they tied the game at 21 or when they later tied it, I believe, at 28. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon was like, let's onside kick this and get the ball back. I was like, that takes some brass ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, uh, that takes some stones. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. But uh, props to the Arizona Cardinals for this one. I think Jonathan Gannon has has shown what a difference that coaching can make. He had them competitive with Josh Dobbs, um, and everybody threw the threw the towel in on him on the season when they cut when they cut Colt McCoy to begin the year. I'm like, well, he was he was your your best guy, you know. Yeah. And um, so you thought they were giving up? I'll tell you, I am not looking forward to playing them in the division next year with a healthy Kyler Murray. It's going to be tough. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a chore. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right, moving on to biggest disappointment. I'm going to lead off with this one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what are you doing? What was that? Oh. What was that performance on Sunday? You had every opportunity in the world. The opportunity of all, all opportunities. You have home field. You're playing in the con- friendly confines. Of Raymond James Stadium, home field against a very confusing New Orleans Saints team that one week looks like they're going to be looks like the best team in the NFL. The next week, they drop they lay so many eggs, uh, you think they were you, you were on a chicken farm. Yeah, and you had the chance to win the NFC South. To claim the NFC South, you would have won the division hands down because you would have you would have. The better the best the better division record over everybody and because the Falcons had look were losing to the Chicago Bears. Again, how the heck are they still alive in the playoff picture? I can't I can't believe that. <laughs> I might I might talk about that at the to end the show, but but look, this Buccaneers team had won four in a row entering this game. They looked great. Baker Mayfield was playing like he like he was the number one pick again. Like he was back in the Cleveland Browns. Defense is is, ch- is playing well. Mike Evans looks every bit of the all pro receiver he has been. Mm-hmm. And then they get skunked. Skunked by the Saints team. That's somehow still in the division tile con- conversation. And the Falcons are still in the conversation for the for the <laughs> for the division title. This is terrible. It so, is. They commit four turnovers. Baker Mayfield throws two interceptions. He throws he throws two touchdowns and three hundred over, over three hundred yards. But that that but by that time, they were down twenty seven nothing. Four turnovers in a game that they could have won in the division, and instead they're the ones who lay the giant egg. Now they're lucky in the fact that they get to play the Carolina Panthers next week, or as I call them, the uh, Carolina Trash Kitties. <laughs> and we'll talk about and we'll talk about the Panthers in, in a couple segments about their god awful owner. 
But they're lucky they're playing Carolina next week. And if they blew that game, if they blow this game, if they blow this opportunity to win the division, because that's all they have to do, they have to win. To win this division, they have to win. If they lose against Carolina on Sunday, Todd Bowles deserves to be fired. I, I like Todd Bowles too. He was a, yeah, he's you're throwing coach. down the gauntlet. <laughs> but you, you have to send a message to the team. You have to send a message and say, look, you guys played you, you guys kept kept yourselves in games for the entire season, with the exception of two. And you had a great winning streak, great chance to win the division on Sunday, and you mm-hmm. absolutely just you blow it. You blow it. Yeah. And we gotta start cleaning house. We gotta start cleaning house, starting with the head coach. And hey, if if they don't win on Sunday, this coming Sunday against Carolina, I think they blow up the team. That's my in my Ye- opinion. Yeah, I mean they might because you know the thing is Baker Mayfield was supposed to be a bridge quarterback after the retirement mm-hmm. of Tom Brady. They needed somebody to come in and just be a bridge to their next guy so that they could start a rebuild. But then two funny things happened. One, mm-hmm. I don't think Jason Licht realized how bad the rest of the NFC South was going to be. Ugh. And two, the Bucks, as we just detailed, played better than everybody thought, including and especially Baker. I mean, there was talk Mike Evans – you know, you knew he was very talented. You knew Chris Godwin was very talented. Rashad, uh, Rashad, is it Rashad White? Rashad White. Back? Yep. Yeah, Rashad yep. White. You know, he had shown some flashes, but you're like behind that offensive line, what's going to happen? And I think mm-hmm. everybody except Mike Mike Evans, you got what you expected from him. Chris Godwin has taken a little bit to come around, but he has, and. And so I think everybody overperformed. So then the whole narrative on their season switched. But you and I have talked about it before, and I have to revisit this a little bit with you because as, as someone who has intimate knowledge of Todd Bowles and his coaching style from his time with the New York Jets. Todd Bowles, do you think he is a classic example of great quarter, coordinator, maybe not the greatest when you put him into the head coaching job? Yes, Okay. Okay. Very succinct. (laughs) Yeah. Todd Bowles, Josh McDaniels, who is somehow now in the conversation about taking over as head coach of the New England Patriots. That would be horrific. That would be horrific. Oh my god. No, no, it wouldn't. It would be hilarious. Delicious. I mean, you as a Jets fan, you (laughs) want it to happen because you want them to be, you know, in the doldrums for years. And let me guess, let me tell you, Josh McDaniels would take them there. (laughs) Oh, he would. He would. He would. So who is your I I I have a feeling who your biggest disappointment is gonna be, Dustin, but I'll 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 give you the floor. Who is your biggest disappointment this week? Ryan, why does this have to happen? (laughs) You know, prior to 2006, I had nothing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And maybe I shouldn't say it's the Steelers, but how does this happen? Why can't my Seattle Seahawks ever, ever beat the Pittsburgh Steelers? They have become my nemesis, Ryan. They are the Lex Luthor to my Superman. They are the Joker to my Batman, I and, cannot... and what's and what and what's funny is that 
the Seahawks were the green. Yes. That Lex Luthor yes. always puts on Superman. But sorry, go yeah. ahead. Keep, <laughs> yes. Keep going. But sorry, I had to note that. Now, the thing that was baffling to me now, Gino, he had some nice plays in this game. Um, he had a key fumble, which really hurt us. It was not, I'm sorry I said us. I know a lot of people don't like it, but whatever. But they just, the killer to me, the biggest disappointment. Now, their defense didn't play very well at all. I mean, they picked off Mason Rudolph early, and I was excited because I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. But the problem is last year the Seahawks couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run at all. Anyone could run on the Seahawks. This year, to start the year, they couldn't stop the pass, but their run defense, they shorted up. They had a pretty good run defense for big parts of the season here. But in this game, their run defense was awful, and I'm going to tell you why. Jalen Warren has looked like an, the more explosive running back. He has looked great. There has been arguments that he should have the starting job in Pittsburgh because he's looked so good. However, Najee Harris, and I consulted with a Steelers fan today because I just wanted to say, hey, am I right about this? Am I right about this? Because I said, to my eye, for large chunks of the season, Najee Harris has looked cooked. He can't get out. Of, he, he can't find openings. He's not, he, he has looked terrible to the point where people in Pittsburgh and others around the league were starting to question, is this guy a bust? You know, the, there, was, mm -hmm. there was rumblings of that conversation. Najee Harris looked amazing against the Seahawks on Sunday in a game that the Seahawks had to have. Yes, they still have a shot at the playoffs, but now they have to win against an Arizona team that is fired up and they also need some help. They could have they could have gotten right into the playoffs if they could have just beaten the Steelers. But you let Najee Harris, who has looked terrible at points in the season. No offense Najee, don't come out and stiff arm me. That was a pretty good stiff arm you threw. But he, he looked and, amazing. He and, Paul, he and Paul Feinbaum are going to be outside your house. With a laptop <laughs> I think I could take Feinbaum. Najee, I'm in trouble. Najee, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, just clinking the glass bottles. But, but that was the thing. Much like the Arizona game, much like the Eagles, the Seahawks could not stop the run. Najee ran on them for like, I think it was 122 yards. I would have to look at my notes to, to uh, real remember. Time and research, then, folks, real time research. I believe it was 122 yards. I'll have to take a look. I am looking oh, for. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Go ahead. Keep going. Yes. Najee got 122 yards and two TDs, two rushing TDs. And then Jalen Warren, he just threw in 75 yards and a TD for good measure. So you, you can't do that in a game that you had to win, especially where at points the run defense had been the strong point of your defense because you couldn't stop the pass. So it's just a very frustrating loss for my Seahawks yesterday. People are going to say it's a homer pick, whatever, but I was disappointed. I thought they would be able to beat this Steelers team, especially with Mason Rudolph starting at quarterback. No offense, Mason, but when you can't stop the run like that, it gives Mason Rudolph. He is a he is a quarterback that can play in the NFL. He will make throws if the running attack is that good. It's simply the way it works. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, 
that is definitely a fact. And yeah, you know, I look as Jets, as a Jets fan, I'm used to disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> so I could, and you know, I you call my thing, you call me a homer. I'm talking about the Jets every single week. Last week I didn't do it so much because I was just that it's disappointed. Teams, it's our team, but it's our teams. It is our team. Yeah. We, we watch. We're a fan. We're fans. So cut us some slack. And if you don't like it, go pound sand. <laughs> Most entertaining game of the week. I think you could agree with me, Dustin. Cardinals Eagles yeah. was the most entertaining game from week 17. Oh, yeah, which we've already gone over in detail, but there was just some crazy things with the way the Cardinals tied that up on the two-point conversion and then and then went for the onside. It was just it was a great game. Great game. I I, I guess you could argue Buffalo New England was pretty entertaining because Buffalo went up they forced four turnovers on the Patriots for the, in the, with the when the Patriots on the first the Patriots first four possessions, four turnovers, and it, it wasn't just turnovers, but it was turnovers inside their own territory. Oh man! One was a pick six, and yet somehow they were still in the game throughout the entire game. I'm sitting there going, "All right, you know, for 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 what it's worth, the Patriots being who they are this year." At least they were plucky and they were kept yeah. themselves in game when it came to Buffalo. So uh, I almost went up winning that game. I was hoping Buffalo would add one more touchdown just because I wanted to see them rub their nose in there, uh, see the see the uh, see themselves rub uh, Belichick's nose in it a little bit. Uh, but from what I understand, the Patriots are guaranteed the number two or three pick in the draft if they lose on Sunday. Against my New York Jets, hip hip hooray! <laughs> <laughs> well, which will I be do... the least inter- which will be the least entertaining game <laughs> in Week 18. But we'll talk about that on Saturday yeah, morning. Little teaser but for Saturday, maybe of the direction little, that we little, could be going. Little <laughs> teaser for Saturday. Little appetizer before the brunch. But that's right. You get yourself. But... You get yourself in a moose bouche. <laughs> yeah, but I do have to say. Much like you just did, I would like to throw throw a little honorable shout out to the Lions versus the Cowboys because I found that game very very entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the two teams, it was funny because as I was watching that, I'm thinking these two teams are kind of like mirror images of each other. They have they have some defensive stars on both teams. Both quarterbacks kind of um, can be a little inconsistent. No shade at Jared Goff at all. He just no, he does none. have moments, but but it was it was kind of funny because what was accented is both teams turned the ball over very early. I think it was in the first quarter, and I'm thinking, man. And then these two teams, there was just it was it was back and forth. There was a lot of things that happened. I'll get into one specific thing later in the show. But I would love to see this matchup again. I'd love to see Cowboys versus Lions in the playoffs because it was very entertaining. I would love to watch it again. And, um, man, we're going to get to a little bit about it later in the show. But by and large, I'm not saying we should always have it. But for this time around the holidays and things like this, this is the perfect time of year for Saturday football. I've said it before, Wild Card Mm -hmm. Weekends is always one of my favorite weekends of the the 
of the football year. And uh, we're on the precipice of another one. And I can't wait. Saturday NFL football is something special. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Before we take our commercial break, take a quick trip to the comment section. A Pizzle McCoffee. Thanks for something <laughs> by Piz. Appreciate you. Uh, my friend Emily chiming in. Yay, sports ball. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, Wonko says the NFC South is an Agatha Christie mystery. <laughs> yeah. I've said I've said before the tagline for the NFC South should be this year. The NFC South. Somebody's got to win it. <laughs> <laughs> and and Someone. hey, it's happened before. I, I I wish I wish I had gotten a NFC West uh, seven and nine Seahawks division champions hat. I wish I did. I wish I had the stones. <laughs> you could probably find it on eBay. I probably could, but now it'll be exorbitantly <laughs> expensive, especially because they then beat the Saints because they had that home game. That's right. <laughs> the and, the Saints were the, and the Saints were the defending uh, Super Bowl champion at that time. Oh, yes, uh, they were. Emily also asks, is there any update on Kitty Ball? No, we're, we're – no, we, we got to talk about – well, we're, we got to meet after outside of uh, – we, we have a production meeting about Kitty Ball uh, coming yeah, soon to this channel. Yeah. Kitty yeah, ball. we'll draft teams. We got to we got to talk to the streaming networks. Yeah, we got to we got to find some cats. Um some some well, here's the thing with Kitty Ball. It could be a surprise. Like with the with the cats you get, some are ill-tempered, some are well-mannered. Mm -hmm. Who they wh how, you'll you'll find out yourself. <laughs> We've <laughs> once seen you, once you book with... the snoot. <laughs> We've seen this before with Chilean sea bass. I've heard they could also be very ill-tempered as well. <laughs> no, but they're very ill-tempered. <laughs> Josiah, check again. Hi there. It's a great show. I hope everyone has subscribed. Thank you, Josiah. Oh, man. You. Thanks a lot. He also says Ryan rocks, but hey, Dustin rocks. Here we go. Too, hey. Hey, hey, yeah, but I see Ryan rocks maybe a little harder. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, well, you play guitar, so I can't really contend with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but, but that is one of my 2024 goals is to get more uh, back into guitar more because I don't play enough anymore. So I'm looking go. to change that in 2024. Hey. <laughs> Wonka the Saints has hated Mayfield since he planned the Oklahoma flag at midfield on my Buckeyes. Getting drafted by the Browns was Ohio's sweet revenge. Kind of enjoy Mayfield and Tampa Bay. Don't get it, but it's fun. Yeah, I got to admit, I'm, I'm with you, Wonko. I wasn't the biggest fan of Baker myself coming out of college, uh, but he's fun to watch in the NFL, and he's kind of made him a, a fun guy to root for, especially with the way Cleveland did him dirty. Just kicked him out there to get uh, old Deshaun Watson in there. Uh, he also says Beast Quake with Mobile video game sounds is still my favorite GIF. <laughs> I still I still think about get off me, he says to Tracy Porter. <laughs> <laughs> and Josiah, Josiah also says, Ryan, this is a great show. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you stopping by and subscribe if you haven't already. But on that note, we'll take our commercial break and we'll come back. We'll talk about some other things that we uh uh, we we kind of took pay attention to week 17. So stay tuned for more. No credentials required.
Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. That's right, folks. SeatGeek.com. And any a great it's a great gift. Anytime gift. We talked, we just had the holidays, we just had Christmas season, Hanukkah, uh, all those holidays. And they actually continue because today is actually the eighth day of Christmas. So you have four days left. If you haven't bought anything for that special someone in your life, get them some sports tickets, theater, comedy, music shows, whatever tickles their fancy. Is available and requires a box office ticket. Get it at SeatGeek.com. Enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout. You get $20 off your first order of $50 or more at checkout. And you know, I, I tried I, I uh had the opportunity to get some tickets. <clears throat> you get some tickets for uh, this Saturday's or this Friday's, excuse me, uh Devils Blackhawks game. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't wasn't able to use the code at the time. Unfortunately, I, I think it was I think uh, I I wasn't able to because of restrictions with the uh, with the New Jersey Devils. But that's ah. okay. But but if you're someone who is looking to go to the same game, maybe I'll see you down there. I'll be in section two. I'll be in section two hundred eight with my buddy Steve. But you can find those tickets on SeatGeek.com right now. And not only do they have the twenty dollars savings off 50, your fifty dollar or more seats. You can also look for the best prices in the arena you're going to. They're indicated with the green dot on the screen. That tells you the ticket prices are real nice. <laughs> real nice. So get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. Again, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout for $20 off your first order of $50 or more at checkout. Most notable performance of week 17. Dustin, I'll have you lead off because I got to play a video for your candidate for most notable performance. Oh, man. Yeah, he really, this is going, they're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be tough to beat because my most notable performance, and it's funny, if you've watched the show the last two weeks, you'd think that I got a theme going. But it's not it's not intentional. It's just because he was so good. But I got it. Lamar Jackson is my most notable performance. And I know a lot of people would say, hey, you know, it's easy to always pick a quarterback. I don't try to do it. But when there's a performance like this, you got to give him the nod. He went 18 for 21 for 321 yards, five touchdowns and no interceptions. He had a perfect passer rating he had for whatever that's worth if some people really heavily weight the passer rating statistic others don't but either way five touchdowns no turnovers it's ridiculous you couple that with the way their defense has been playing who's gonna stop the baltimore ravens hats off to lamar jackson they are getting hot at the exact right time man they are 
they flew under the radar. I don't know how a team this good flew under the radar for so long, but everybody knows how good they are now. And just as a side note, I have my preseason notes here in front of me. You want to know what my my Super Bowl prediction was? I wrote it down. It was it was Eagles Bengals. How great does that oh. look right now? <laughs> oh. 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 About, Ooh, about, about how as wonderful as my prediction of all four NFC East teams going to the playoffs. <laughs> you know, stupid. I'll I'll <laughs> never be able to get the title of Rystradamus from you. It is your title. You do you've done great things with it, sir. But the one the one prediction that came true for me is I said the Browns would make the playoffs. That's my spicy gumbo prediction. And here we are. The Cleveland Browns clinched a playoff spot. <laughs> that was I just didn't think I didn't think that Joe Flacco would be their quarterback when they did it. <laughs> nobody did. Nobody uh, yeah. that's the amazing part is that nobody thought, all right. That's, all right, we signed to Sean Watson, that huge $240 million guaranteed contract. He's going to lead us to the playoffs. He breaks his shoulder. Dorian Thompson-Robinson gets concussed. P.J. Walker is terrible. Who are they bringing <laughs> off the couch? Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. <laughs> to go with our theme, former Baltimore Ravens great Joe Flacco. That's true. He did win a Super Bowl with them. Joe Flacco is still elite. He's still elite. Yeah, he's still got it. Still got it. Got it. Now, but Ryan, what was your most notable performance? Well, before we get to that, I want to bring up a clip from a radio show, a Fox radio uh, show clip, Fox Sports radio show clip from uh, a young lady named Monse Bolaños talking about Lamar Jackson. And I'm going to play this clip. It's been, it made the rounds on social media last week and leading up to this particular game this past week against the uh, against the Miami Dolphins in which one let's see, one particular panelist on some which I forgot which show um, said that the Ravens would beat the Dolphins <laughs> by a score of 42 to 17 which prompted a, a former Miami Herald oh, columnist to say, oh, it was Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson said Ravens 42, Dolphins 17. And this uh, former columnist for the, for the Miami Herald, Alan Beasley, says, the Dolphins' defense has allowed 117 points in eight games Jalen Ramsey has played. But sure, they're going to allow 42 on Sunday. Uh, they allowed 56. Uh, <laughs> But I want to play this clip uh, by uh, from from Fox Sports Radio, uh, Muncie Bolaños. This is what she said about Lamar Jackson. I want my quarterbacks to be quarterbacky, and to me, Lamar Jackson is just a great athlete, and he's done a really good job. And he had a great game against the 49ers. Prisoners of the moment, he is not the MVP. Christian McCaffrey is the MVP, and he has been. I've been saying this for weeks. It's not like I just decided after this game that that's what happened with Lamar. After this game, he jumped up, but he wasn't even in the conversation. He was like 
a, an afterthought. It was always like to a duck. No, it's Christian McCaffrey. And then two, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of Tyreek Hill because of what he does off the field, but you know, a separate conversation. He's in the second one. If it's not Christian, it's Tyreek Hill. Those are the two that have stood out every week, every week. Not Lamar Jackson. It's not that I don't like Lamar. It's not that he's not doing a good job. I want my, my ears hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I respect the passion, and she does have a point about what's up. What's up, Snowman? <laughs> yeah, quarterbacking. Oh, my she, quarterbacking. That, that was going to be my point. Okay, I like I like traditional quarterback play as much as the next person, but as someone who watched Russell Wilson run around in Seattle for years, and no disrespect to Russ. He is not the athlete that, that that Lamar Jackson is. But this is the way the NFL is now. You're not, you're not going to get a Peyton Manning that can throw for 400 yards but can't move at all in yep. the pocket. It's not the way the game is played anymore. If you want your quarterbacks to be uh, unless you're, unless you're Joe Unless you're Joe Flacco. Yeah, he's yeah. He's Joe Flacco, he, he has an exception. The, he's a statue in the pocket, but he yeah. still slings it. Yeah, but he's got that dad strength. He's throwing the ball down the field because <laughs> he's got like five kids. But anyway, that's gonna be a t-shirt. That's gonna be a t-shirt. <laughs> well, I'll tell you because Philip Rivers, if he could somehow come back, he could probably throw the ball a country mile because he's got like thirteen right. kids. He's yeah, got he's a got lot. Like 10 kids. Good for <laughs> yeah. him. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. I don't but, say that. Uh, I don't say that sarcastically either. Good for him. Oh, no, good for him. That's what you could tell. That's what he's always wanted. He's a family man. But yeah. I, I have to do, disagree with her, her with her, her here. Now, Tyreek Hill, I would say he's the most valuable player to his team because you see the impact that he has. Uh, when, when the Dolphins do not have him on the field, they are a different team. There is no question about that. There is no question about that. A case could be made for Christian McCaffrey. But with the way Lamar Jackson has played, you cannot just say that you want your quarterbacks to be quarterbacky because the league is trending in an opposite direction. Lamar Jackson is one of the standards now. You know, back, back when Michael Vick was playing, quarterbacks like him were a unicorn. But even you look at somebody like Jared Goff, he throws the ball a lot. He's not what you would what you would uh, traditionally call an athletic quarterback, but watch him move in the pocket and, and he can make plays with his feet. In this league now today, you have to make plays with your feet. And I think it is borderline disrespectful. And I've been guilty of it too myself. It is borderline disrespectful with the way that Lamar Jackson has played to just say that he is just a great athlete and nothing else. You don't throw for five TDs and, and no interceptions just based on athletic ability. Lamar has been improving each year because he's committed. He's getting into the film room. You can tell. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm some Baltimore Ravens insider, but he has been improving his quarterback play since he came into the league, and that is through studying. That's not through athletic ability. No, and you can say what you want about, quote, athletic types, athletic type quarterbacks. I've seen them come and go. Randall Cunningham. Prime example of a quote athletic quarterback. Yeah, he could run, but he also had a rocket for an arm. 
An yes. absolute rocket for an arm. Same with Michael Vick. Michael Vick could oh run all God. over the field, but but he could still sling the rock. Yes. Now, I here's my question. And I don't mean to be political or bring bring touchy top topics into this. Is Josh Allen quarterbacky? No, I would say he's not. Josh no. Allen makes Josh Allen makes more plays with his legs, and he has been critiqued for it in Buffalo. But nobody yeah. comes out and says, "Oh, he's just a great or- athlete." They call him a quarterback. Yeah. So I, I think and, I know and, where you're going, and I yeah, think you're right. The, the tweet. This is what the tweet says. It says, "I'll, I'll read the tweet from from 35 KY Sports." Fox Sports, Monse Bolaños on Louisville football, Lamar Jackson. Quote, I want my quarterbacks to be quarterbacky. To me, Lamar Jackson is just a great athlete. He has a great game against the 49ers. Is quarterbacky code or something else? I don't think it is. I don't think it is because we bring that particular aspect way too into the conversation. Mm-hmm. I, my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks, quarterback. A, pl- a football player is a football player, regardless of if you're black, white, Polynesian, or Asian, uh, Asian Pacific Islander, Mexican, uh, Hispanic. It doesn't matter if you're a yeah. co- if you're a player, you're a player. You're, you're, that's and that's it. Some some of us are more athletically athletically gifted than others. Yes, those play the quarterback position. You have to rely – there are certain strengths you have to rely on as an athlete. For a quarterback, you can sling the rock and you can use your legs to move the ball forward. Nobody mm-hmm. said you Nobody said you had to be a – you just pigeonhole yourself into a particular position. Some guys are better suited as a pocket passer. Some guys can use their legs to run. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The only the only stat that matters, the, the W. Yes. Can you put more W's. Yes. Can you put more in the W column than you can in the L column? That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And, and and not Mark to Jackson proved it. I'm, I'm sorry to keep. I'm sorry to keep rambling, but yeah, no, I you, I you mentioned you mentioned Lamar Jackson as your most notable performance of the week, and yeah, he's been under the radar the entire year because we don't know who. We didn't know which version of Lamar Jackson we were going to get this season. Was it going to be the one from last season who played great for the first 10 games, hurt his knee, and said, screw it, I'm not going back out there because I got a payday coming. We did not expect this version of Lamar Jackson at all this year. He he was doing the Cobra Kai tour, and he's showing no mercy against any of his opponents. And it's absolutely positively fun to see. Yes, and and I'll keep it I'll keep it short. I did not expect us to go in in this direction. Thank you for playing. Neither this did clip. I, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, thank you for playing this clip. But I would argue that there are two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that I'm going to cite that will prove my point. Well, technically three with the way that I'm going to go. Well, look at Michael Vick's time in Atlanta. Michael Vick's time in Atlanta was. I'm going to win games with my athletic ability and because I can throw the ball really, really long. And, you know, then some things happened. Obviously, we know what those are. We're not going to get into them. But he was starting to put it together in Atlanta. He was starting to um, 
play the game on top of that athletic ability. And then we saw what the full version of that once he had Andy Reed and, and a good coaching staff around him. And also once he started mm -hmm. studying more and by his own admission, maturing more and actually looking at game tape, Michael Vick took it to another level. That season he had with the Eagles was unbelievable. So you can't play it to the level that 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 you need to to be great if you're just a great athlete because Michael Vick proved that great athletic ability and being able to throw the real the ball really far takes you only so far and then you can ascend to another level once you start putting in the time and studying the film and the other quarterback I'm going to cite and I don't always agree with everything he says but I think he had a really good point I was watching a clip before this show and it was Cam Newton. And he said, quarterbacks like Peyton Manning set an unrealistic standard. He said the, the Peyton Manning could get back there and throw for 400 yards. And he had, you know, very few mistakes and everything else. He said, but, but that's the standard that people want to hold quarterbacks to. He said, there are quarterbacks today. And I think he was specifically referencing Justin Fields. But his context, I kind of agreed with. He said, I would get the same yardage totals, but it would be different. I would get 200 yards passing with maybe a touchdown. I'd get like two, 230 yards passing with a touchdown, and then I'd run for 100 yards and get and get another touchdown. It's the same touchdown totals, and it's the same yardage, but it's a different way of doing it. And he, his right. argument was kind of like, why is this way bad? Because as you said, you get the same result. So I really agreed with his point on that. I had never looked at it that way, and I think he makes a, val a valid point with that one. Hmm. Now, for me, my most noble performance... <laughs> was the Ravens defense. Yes. How <laughs> fitting. How fitting. How fitting <laughs> that it's the Ravens defense. Look, you you got you're the one of the, the rarest things that happened this year is that along with the Buffalo Bills, you only allowed 20 points to the uh to the Miami Dolphins this year. They allowed only 19. And if you can hold one of the highest scoring offenses in the league to only 6 points in the second half and you force two interceptions and you force another fumble, from um, uh, you, you forced Tua Tagovailoa to throw two interceptions, and you forced another two, two two turnovers. You're gonna win the you're gonna win the game every single time. And I've made this criticism about the Dolphins. I won't say it again. We'll talk about that on Saturday. Yeah. But not only is Lamar Jackson running all, all on all four cylinders right now, this Ravens defense is playing out of their minds. Yeah. They proved it in front of a national TV audience against the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco two weeks ago. They come in against the Miami Dolphins. This was the premier game of the week. For some reason, Jim Nance and Tony Romo weren't at that game. Explain that to me, even though Ian Eagle was part of the broadcast team. Ian Eagle and Trent Green were on the broadcast team for, that, for Baltimore and Miami. Regardless. At least it wasn't a Spiro Didis D-list but <laughs> I love how I've kind of converted you to my side. <laughs> no, oh no, oh no. I I I I have not liked Spiro Didis at all because he was the only voice I would hear for so many years for like the last half decade 
uh, who are who would broadcast Jets games. Yes, the Jets games. Yeah, had to suffer yeah. through his ugh, terrible. Well, I think I, I I think I brought it to another level uh, when I accentuated the way he says touchdown. <laughs> so. Touchdown. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before we go on to our next topic, Wonko brings up a great question. Could the Ravens lose to the Browns in the playoffs? Third game against a divisional opponent, crazy defense, Flacco playing with house money. Also, it'll be the rubber match of the year. Big oh, oof, man. if it happens, Jackson is a phenom. Uh, that, that's actually, you know what? Let's save that for Saturday. Let's oh, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, Good we'll have to save that because that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one, but I will say... Uh, it's so fitting that that I pick Lamar Jackson and you pick the Baltimore Ravens defense because we're two sides of the same coin here. I think what we're both saying is Baltimore is 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 very good and they're getting hot at the right time. They have that they have that Giants vibe, you know, the Giants team that was a ten and six team and they they sneaked in as a wild card team and they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl because they got hot at the right time and ran on all cylinders. The Ravens mm-hmm. are getting hot hot at the right time and running on all cylinders, but they're not a wild card team, and that's a lethal no. mix. <laughs> yeah. See, you're Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I'm Dennis Rodman in double team. Offense is the glory, <laughs> but defense wins the games. That's right. And defense is doing the dirty work, getting the rebounds, and wearing right. the wedding dresses. <laughs> and occasionally kicking the cameraman in the crotch. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> We're going to move on to our final topic of the evening. That's our hottest individual take of the week. And I'll lead off with this one because I got to say something here about this particular owner. And a a video on social media went around of Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper. In our rundown, I said allegedly because I couldn't tell whether it was him or not. But it came out that, yes, he did indeed Mm -hmm. throw a drink on a Jaguars fan in Jacksonville. Look, you go to somebody's house. Forget it. I go to Dustin's house. Yeah. And I start and I start throwing drinks around and I'm I'm not drunk, but I'm I'm angry at what's going on in the television. I don't throw drinks at the wall. I don't throw drinks at his other guests. I'm a guest at his house. That's no way to behave. Yeah. And I don't care if you're a thousandaire or a billionaire or you make no money at all. You don't act that way in somebody else's house. And the fact that he threw a drink at somebody in somebody else's house is disgraceful. And he yeah. has been an, an embarrassment to the league. You can say all you want about Daniel Snyder and his 20 years of awfulness. Drew, shout out Drew Willie. Shout out to D. Willie, Drew Willingham. <laughs> Big Command Skins fan. We talked about it on the show. We'll have to have him back sometime before the uh, season's over. Oh, but for sure. But we talk about how Daniel Snyder was an awful owner. David Tepper is about to take over that mantle very fast. He's gone through six six head coaches in the time since he has taken over majority ownership of the Panthers since two thousand in two thousand fifteen. I don't think they've been to the playoffs once. Uh, I believe he was the guy who fired River Oat Ron Rivera. And yeah, I think there's so. Most, there's no, yeah, he, yep, he was, he was, yep, because he was the first head coach that he fired. Uh, 
but it, there just seems to be no signs of his madness stopping. Now, the NFL, it's run by the owners. I don't know if they'll have the temerity or the uh, the stones, the uh, brass balls, to <laughs> step in and say we're not going to allow this in our in our amongst us. Because I mean, not even the worst. I mean, the McNair, the McNair family. For all the crap they put Deshaun Watson through, they wouldn't do this. Mm, they yeah. wouldn't have done this. I don't think even Daniel Snyder, when he was the no. Command Skins owner, would have done the same thing. But yeah, I mean, he... Beha- this is awful behavior. And I- I'm yeah. glad the NFL stepped in. They, they actually, uh, a couple hours before the show, we found out that he was fined $300,000 for the incident. Personally, I don't think it was enough. Yeah, yeah. For him, that's... I don't want to say it's insignificant money, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's It's a drop. It's a it's a penny. It's a penny in the penny jar. It's sitting on my desk. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what, Dan Snyder. We all know the reprehensible things that he's done. More and more comes out about him. Um, But there's a difference between being passionate, and there's a difference between being just irrational and 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 terrible and for what it's worth uh jerry richardson i believe the previous owner of the carolina panthers he wasn't exactly fantastic there was some stuff that that came out about him especially around um drafting quarterbacks and some of his remarks surrounding cam newton and others um so so this guy didn't have to do much to be considered a better owner. And I would say that he's just completely, (laughs) completely gacked it up because a lot of people had a lot of things to say about one Al Davis, but Al Davis, Al Davis was passionate and he loved his Raiders. And yes, he, he sued the league and everything, but he was standing by his beliefs. Al believed that he was in the, that he was in the right, but Al Davis, I can guarantee you would not go to another stadium and throw, throw a drink at another uh, fan or spill a drink on him. That like, this is just another level of incompetence and, and, yeah. and just being a, a, a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, Dustin, what's your hottest individual take? away from uh how's an individual take away from week 17 all right well mine is a little less um it's something that i've mentioned before and it is on the field and i'm gonna die on this hill but i'm gonna keep saying it i know i sound like an old man but whatever happened to taking the points (laughs) yes that's exactly how i sound whatever (laughs) happened to taking the points (laughs) I mean, I get it. Field goals are not a guarantee in today's NFL. You know, uh, kicking seems to be, with the exception of a few kickers, you can't necessarily count on field goals. But some of this going for it on fourth down, these analytics, and I get it. The man who I'm about to talk about, Dan Campbell, that's been part of his M.O., all season and even parts of last season. It's the way he coaches. It's the way he plays. He believes in his team. But much has been made about the way the Cowboys and Lions game ended versus who reported and who was eligible and all this stuff. And the the refs screwed it up. But guess what? I have something to say to you. They went for it on fourth and goal, but it was a long fourth and goal. Go back and look at the Mm. tape. 
It was five minutes and change left in the half, and they could have kicked a field goal. They could have tried for the field goal and got out of there with three points. They were only down seven to three at the time. They go for it. Guess what? Fast forward to the end of the game. And hindsight is 2020. Maybe if they had taken a field goal, it would have changed the complexion of the entire game and changed the way that they coach for the rest of the game. You can't say that. But the Detroit Lions ended up losing 20 to 19 on a two-point conversion that they got flagged for that I don't think they should have been flagged for based on based on what Dan Campbell said. He's like, I explained to the officials that this play was a possibility. I explained what would happen. We shouldn't have been flagged for it. I agree with him. But my counter argument would have been if you had kicked the field goal when you were only down seven to three, it would have brought you, it would have brought you seven to six. You wouldn't have even been in that position later in the game. If everything had played out exactly the way it did. You would have come away with that victory if you had taken the three points instead of going for it and 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 not getting it. I don't I don't understand where it's become automatic now. You get into the red zone and it's like go for it on fourth and twelve. You know, don't kick the don't kick a field goal. I don't understand. No, and unfortunately. A lot, of, a lot of times, yeah. Dan Campbell's got to dial back the fourth downs. <laughs> eventually, 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 he's got to dial it back. And we, yeah. we talked about analytics. We talked about Brand, how that basically the analytics were the downfall was the downfall of one Brandon Staley at one time or another. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just it, you're not relying enough on your gut to figure out what's going on with the. Uh, with the situations. Yeah. Great. Have an analytic, have something, have some sort of odds under to what works and what doesn't work. Great. But if you're relying on it too much, you're not relying on your gut instinct to go for it. Yeah. Or just have them just have the temerity to say, all right, we'll just take the points. Let's just take the points. We'll go into, we'll go into the locker room, get three points. Yes. Seven, six is greater than three, but in a situation like that, where, it could decide the game. You want to take the easy points. You want to take yeah. the easy points. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get Thank it. Thank you. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. And I, yeah. So, uh, before we get out of here, I'm taking a couple more comments. Uh, Wonka the Saints says, My hot take, I'm 50 50. Should the Seahawks take Russell Wilson back with Denver eating some of his salary? A previous no credentials required guest argued Seattle should blow up the roster and start over. I'm not there yet. Yeah, that was Daniel Smooth uh, from a couple weeks ago. He argued, and this was after the Seahawks had lost uh, against, mm-hmm. I can't remember who. Uh, he said that they should, I think it was San Francisco. I, uh, yeah, yeah, it was San Francisco, but they also lost to the Rams late. So it might have been yep. after that, but I think it was San Francisco. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's a good question. Should the Seahawks take back Russell Wilson with Denver eating most of his salary? That's I don't know. I think that bridge is. I think that I'm not, I'm not a Seahawks fan. I can't speak for Dustin. I can't speak for Stan. Uh, for Daniel, um, I think that I think that that they they've moved on. They've moved their set. They've had their separate ways. Got yeah, separate. I I think so. I think so, Wonko. It's a great question. Um, but I think the thing is Russ would want to start. And I think that part of it is 
Pete Carroll and John Schneider orchestrated that trade because they saw something with Russell Wilson. They they knew him. They're the ones that drafted him. And so far, although Russ, Russ has improved massively this year, and at some other venue, I'll get into the way that he has been disrespected by Sean Payton. It's ridiculous. Um, but I think the Seahawks got rid of him for a reason the first time because they saw he was going in a particular direction. So I don't think they would take him back unless it was at a significant discount. And I think they're looking to draft their quarterback of the future, although they give Geno a big contract. So, I mean, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Uh, he also says, thank you, guys. Great show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Wonko. But before we get out of here, I just want to play a, re I just want to make a replay. What's coming up uh, for a big show announcement uh, Saturday morning? Saturday morning brunch. So I'll go ahead and play that video. We have a big announcement to make. Ooh. Ooh. We have a big announcement. And we talked about this after the show on Saturday. And Dustin and I, we've decided... Starting on January 6th, Saturday Brunch will be coming to you on the regular on Saturdays. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let the brunch flow through you. <laughs> Straight me down with all your might and your hatred. It's, with all your it's with all your yeah. with all your mimosas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, bottomless. We, we, yes, bottomless we talked about yes, yeah, bottomless mimosas. <laughs> but we talked about it after the show, and it'll be it's great to, that we we enjoy we enjoy talking the sports in the regular every week, and we talk about the NFL throughout the season, and we decided there's a lot more sports news that goes on, whether it be nationally, whether it be locally. Uh, we actually have some breaking news on the local side. Uh, we'll get uh, we'll, we might talk about it another time, but uh, it's a it's a sad local thing. Uh, the 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 quarterback for the U Albany Great Danes he's decided to uh, enter the transfer portal. But anyway, so this Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern, it's no credential Saturday brunch on the regular. We'll talk about NFL Week 18. And talk about the wild playoff picture that is just around the corner. We'll go over all the scenarios. We'll call it plant. We'll call it plant desperation because a lot of teams <laughs> have to win, and some teams have to have other things happen. So we'll break that all down on Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Come on, come on down and join us. Come on down and join us, and grab a coffee, grab a donut, grab some bacon whatever your fancy is, talk some football. And after the football season's over, we'll start talking other sports. You know, we got hockey, we got baseball, spring training starts next month. Uh, we'll kind of dabble into other sports besides football. So we hope you come, come along and enjoy the ride. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know Ryan's looking forward to it, and we hope to, we hope to see a lot of you there. And uh, also, the brunch episode um, – the brunch episodes kind of turn into a place to have some cool guests on. So I, I imagine once yeah. in a while we'll be doing that. So it's going to be a good oh, time. Yeah. I'm going to start working for on something for Super Bowl. So be on the lookout on our social media channels, which you can find right down here, Twitter, Instagram, and the occasionally use TikTok at no creds, REQ, facebook.com forward slash 
no creds req youtube.com forward slash at no creds req please don't forget to like comment share and subscribe to all our socials down here you can also follow us on rumble give us a follow there the show will be on replay the next morning and again as i mentioned at the top of the show this show will be on replay on belly up sports youtube page starting uh, tomorrow so we'll get that going so you can watch on replay there on the podcast side subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcast platform you subscribe to whether it's apple podcast spotify spreaker google play wherever you podcast rate and review five stars is the number of stars we would love for you to rate us and if you're on a platform where you can review we might even read your review on the air Thanks for joining us for this edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name's Ryan McCarthy. I've been one of your hosts. Dustin's also been one of your hosts. We're glad you joined us. Happy New Year of 2024. And we will see you this Saturday on the Saturday Brunch edition of No Credentials Required. So we'll see you then. Good night, everybody.